Sigmar podcast with your hosts, Matt and Miles. All right. Uh, very special occasion. We've got a good friend of ours, Brendan, on the podcast. Hi, Dude. how's it going? Yeah. I'm excited. This is the, I mean, two, two, two episodes in a row. We've got a guest speaker on. It's like we're a real like talk show or something. Yeah, we're super fancy. I mean, I guess, fancy. I guess, obviously, we are. We're a, like we're a podcast. We're a talk show. I get that, but but, but there's know. no showing. No, exactly. And it's like <laughs> uh, it's like we're a real, but that's awesome. Uh, so we had a tournament over the weekend, which was a good time, I think, for for most involved. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. Miles was actually the TO at this, uh, just so everybody gets the disclaimer. I don't know if you need a <laughs> disclaimer for that. But no, that's all good. That's how uh, it was. Yeah, so I was the TO, and Matt and Brendan both played in it. We had, mm-hmm. a, we had a great turnout. Uh, the whole event sold out within like six hours. It was ridiculous. It was, uh, it was a brutal lineup, too. We had a lot of good heavy hitters in the area. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so that, having a good time trying 3.0 out. Yeah, and, uh, doing absolutely. the first, yeah, you know, like real tournament since the pandemic, uh, at least in Seattle proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Um, why don't I talk a little bit about the format? Because uh, it's 3.0, people might be interested. And this is by no means what the tournament format is going to be. We kind of had to make it up as we go. So uh, the tournament format was all right, three rounds, two and a half hours. That's pretty standard. And then uh, because the missions still have a pretty wide variability in terms of how many points you can score, we needed an abstraction in terms of what, how many, how many tournament, tournament points uh, is a win and how many tournament points is a loss and that kind of thing. So we had a standard spread. I think uh, it was six for a win, zero for a loss, and three for a draw, and there was some other stuff in there. And we added in as tiebreaker mechanics – uh, you got a point if your opponent did not get their grand strategy. You got a point if you're, if you got four or more of your own battle tactics. And you got a point if at some point during the mission you did not, you chose to not take a double turn uh, for a maximum of two points. So eight total. Um, and that was the sort of tournament format. And I like the, uh, oh, sorry, didn't mean to no, interrupt. No, go for it. I, I, uh, this is, this is the whole point of the show is to interrupt and say things that you think. I liked the um, the tactical objectives, like the things that you actually did to get points. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end, they ended up counting a little too much uh, because by the end of the day, we had three games and the secondary things ended up counting as effectively a fourth game. Gotcha. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. That's a good point. I uh, was I was trying to keep the points small. I always feel like... I don't know that there's something there's some game designer thing in me that make that makes me want to make numbers small if they can, but you're totally right that they, they probably counted for too large a percentage. I think in the end they did skew some things. Um, my, my grumpiness on it. Um, Cause I got to be grumpy right away about something always um, was really just by having the extra points. It would just skew games in general. Um, which it did to a degree, but I also, after, I think there was, there was a long discussion in the ASL discord, um, about the boons and the, uh, you know, detriment of 
of those extra uh, point scoring mechanics. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remember specifically looking at it and being like, well, some of these are going to be pretty hard to do. And it turns out, no, no, those were all fairly easy to do. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I think uh, if anything, they should be harder. We should make them harder for next time. Yeah, definitely harder and definitely not worth as much. Yeah. I yeah. especially liked the one where you prevented your opponent from scoring their grand strategy. Yeah. Uh, because that, with the other ones, I think there's always a tendency to like, um, let your opponent have it. Right. Um, you yeah. know, and it then skews the points for people who just don't want to try and negotiate that space. I totally well, agree. They, yeah. uh, and, and just from my, you know, I didn't see every game. I didn't see all how all the point breakdown on hundred percent. I mean, I don't have it like written down in front of me, but it did seem like that was the one that people didn't get like, like the, the give up you know, the double turn. I don't know if we're going to keep that. It seems fun. I think it's super fun. I don't know if it's a great tournament mechanic, but I think it's super silly. And, uh, but I think, uh, just to weigh in on that, that, that really only happens if you are what, um, in a very good spot in the first place. So I sure. feel like that one's sort of, uh, at the end when you're tallying everything up, that's kind of like, you know, the, the cherry on top of your opponent's tears. Really? Right. It, right. <laughs> well, it, which it's still fun um, because if you've beaten somebody that brutally, you might as well sip their tears with a, a right. straw with an extra point on it. No, exactly. And we did have a couple missions where the the opponent conceded, someone conceded, right? And they still rolled off the priority rolls for the rest of the turns to see if they could, you know, to see what would have happened. Yeah. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just sort of let it go because we're, you know, we're in the middle of these things. You can't, you got to kind of just roll with the punches sometimes. I'm not going to change the rules of the whole tournament halfway through. But, uh, yeah. So it was kind of interesting. The one that people seem to get almost all the time was uh, the four battle tactics. So uh, maybe we'll up it to five. I think that one specifically... Um was targeting a few newer players and mm -hmm. essentially anybody who had to play newer players. Um, sure. in or, that if or they a newer couldn't army, make, I feel like, you know, uh, maybe, uh, more just, more just, uh, people who were unfamiliar with either their army or their game. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that, uh, that made it so like both players couldn't get it regardless of the outcome of the game. Um, because, oh, sure. because of, time constraints but i mean all of those were interesting and good and well enough um i can't remember off the top of my head if they actually you know created tiebreakers but it was a fun little extra thing to add yeah i think that experimentation in the space was good and useful um we learned from it for sure yeah and uh i do find it funny that um, one of the major changes uh to 3.0 is getting rid of secondary objectives which is great. Uh, the new system is great, but it got rid of them as tiebreakers, which they were fantastic for in 2.0. Absolutely. And I really didn't want to add in a whole extra thing. Yeah. Right? I didn't, yeah. Like that seemed like we were never going to get that, figure that shit out if we just add in a whole bunch of, you know, that list of like, what is it, 20 from last edition? Something yeah. like that. It, it's, it was enough where like you guys had actually gone and, like set up a whole strategy around it for what two tournaments 
That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I have nope. That's too complex for my small brain. I I just go forward and I goat. Sure. I, I goat to it. But I think to our credit, Brendan, the 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 times where we did really think through all of those secondaries, it was uh, it it ended up being really important, right? It ended up uh, benefiting us both greatly. Yeah, oh. I agree. It made us think a lot more about the uh, the maps or the battle plans or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. a lot more before the games, which I think benefited us in ways that weren't even the, the secondary objectives, just sure. running through the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And just more knowledge of the game in general, right? So yeah. yeah. So how were each of your games? I, I saw some of them. I don't remember all the specifics, but, you know, was there any highlights? Any lowlights? Well, why don't you go, Brandon? Um, mine were all fun. I ended up uh, winning one, losing one, and getting one draw. So nice. Uh, this is a nice little day. Perfectly balanced. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> per- perfectly all, average. As there we as go. A, uh, as all things should be. Uh, I was really excited that a local player, Eric, played Stormcast at the tournament. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the last time I'd actually seen them in a tournament setting. So that was really great. I mean, prepare for it, right? They're going to be everywhere. So. That's um, true. I would imagine Those annihilators this... are really good. Yeah, yeah, they seem like it. I'm, I... I'm waiting for the book. I just don't want to get too excited and then get the book. Eric came in uh, dead last. He actually won our Smoke and Boots prize for, for being dead last, uh, not scoring a single point or a single... Uh, I mean, he scored some points in the battles, but losing every mission and not scoring a single secondary. But watching his games, I am so sold on that army. They look super fun. And they yeah. look great. And I think, Ray, with some tweaking and some choice cherry picks from the existing range, right? Because he had mostly two copies of, of the new box set. Yep. Oh, yeah. So he's super limited in mobility. He's only coming down, and that's where he is pretty much for three turns yeah. afterwards, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get my storm pa- Stormcast back on the field, to be honest. Um, they they should have a very interesting time um, with the new rules and mm-hmm. like I've I've honestly been putting off considering using them until the new book because of all the extra rules we're probably going to get and just the small changes that once you've sure. you know gotten into it. Um, I love the idea of exploding stormcast though. I feel like that's the exact thing they need. Yeah, and I, that I will seems say, super fun. Yeah. Um, I will say all of my games were really, really fun. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that was just playing in a tournament again and seeing a bunch of old people, but mm-hmm. even the one I lost was a lot of fun. Uh, and I was even trying to learn Soulblight Gravelords at the time. So having fun when I keep forgetting my rules, it's like, I think a great sign for how the tournament was run and how the edition as a whole is going to be moving forward. Yeah, things. Nice. I, I- I think I, I got to second that um, for the most part outside of my normal grumpiness. Like there was a lot of, there were a lot of like really interesting moments that opened themselves up. Um, and I had what one win and two losses. Um, and the last win uh, I'll, I'll go on about in just a sec, but the, the, the one thing that struck me about the tournament was that um 
the mentality that I have to walk into it had, uh, with has changed. It's a lot more of a, a numbers game now and keeping track of a ton of rules. And then on top of that, having the extra objective tracking, mm-hmm. um, you know, like setting up how you're going to play your own story is actually kind of epic in its own way. That being said, it also feels like if you get steamrolled early on in the game, you are going to have an even harder time than you did in 2.0. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I definitely felt that in my own game so far that the uh, the ability to claw back points in the second half of the game is much smaller. Yeah, diminished so much. And um, I, uh, I, I found that out on my first game um, where I was up against a, uh, what was it, a twin death cabbage list that just you know hits like a truck and um truck cabbage yeah truck cabbages uh double cabbage and um you know the 3.0 being what it is monsters characters on monsters are basically like auto take now it's like i i don't think there was a single point in that game where I wasn't seeing a death cabbage without a two and up or a three and up save. And sure. that's just ridiculous. Well, they've like, always had really good saves, right? And they've just got better. Yeah, but when so when I I mean, so the 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 core part or one of the core mm-hmm. pieces of a beast of chaos army is we strip saves and we add rend to certain areas. Sure. So even with that, there was stacking going on that was keeping me at a two and up or a three and up roll which gotcha was just like holy crap the, like an entirely different feel um well and the beast i mean i'm trying to think through the line but they don't actually have that many heroes on monsters they have one hero that's a monster they have a hero monster but no heroes riding monsters specifically i know it is a crime i think it's a missed opportunity maybe they'll get one of those new dragons I would love it. Just give me a new Shagoth model. That's all yeah. I want. <laughs> I think for 3.0, uh, every time they put it a battle tome, if the um, if the faction doesn't have a hero on a monster or some sort of combo of that, I think they're going to get one. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of the, the monster stuff is GW's marketing department um, wanting to push people to play monsters. And, you know, monsters are a cool thing. If you're outside the hobby... Oh, and no, you're looking yeah. at all the miniatures, like, yeah, people love dragons and zombies and all that crap. No, and you want those things to be good. You don't want them to be you don't want them to be the only good thing, but you want them to be something that you see in a majority of games. Yeah. Well, and they're just there's nothing more fun than seeing a fully painted army with a bunch of like gorgons rushing at you, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a zombie dragon, but nobody likes zombie dragons. They're just mean. Just mean animals. Yeah, um, my vampire lord on zombie dragon did not work out as well as I was hoping to last weekend. No? <laughs> uh, well, people saw him, uh, and I told them that I took the command trait where he counts as 14 models for Ooh. contesting objectives. And so everyone then just focused fire on him to take him down as quickly as possible. Which, you know, that's the right call. Yeah, and it's kind of what he's there for, right? He's supposed to be a wrecking ball that you have to focus fire on so mm-hmm. that your zombies can get into position to sit there and act, I don't know, mortal wound to death or mm-hmm. blood knights get to a spot and they fuck things up or wolves take objectives or the bats come down and just be batty. Yeah. Um, 
Were you able to take advantage of the fight it full profile uh, CP or anything like that? I kept forgetting about it, and Fair it would enough. have been really useful in the first game. Yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, against Stormcast, he was running in Droste uh, and ran uh, her in to attack the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. That seems like a good strategy. Yeah, and so he was fighting as if he had 10 wounds more on his damage chart, except than Droste's ability. And I completely forgot about being able to spend a command point to ignore that. Uh, would have made the game a lot easier. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's interesting that she has such a direct counter. At the same time, it prevents you from spending a command point on anything else for him. So, like, it's still a pretty good ability. Yeah, I agree. I um, I found that I was forgetting stuff left and right, too. And um, the skill gap is going to widen uh, specifically for tournament play quite a bit. Um, I worry... Um, specifically for tournaments in 3.0 uh, if or how much uh, we're going to see uh, people be dissuaded from the complexity of the game as compo- as opposed to what it was before um, just because there's so much more you can do and there's so many I was finding so many like kick myself later moments um, specifically sure. for like rally bringing stuff back uh, just completely missed points there where I was like, I had enough CP, but uh, the plethora of choices just didn't uh, immediately pop into my head for the correct one. Right. Gotcha. Um, Same. And, and uh, that, of course that comes with time. Uh, but I do worry that, you know, newer players are going to be, let's say they get matched up with somebody who's um, like perfect example was my first match uh, where he's played at least 10 to 12 games already. And I think I've only gotten in five of 3.0 because okay. work fucking sucks. Sure. Um, and uh, and he was just like on it, even down to like, I've got the objectives that I know what I need to do. I need to have these right away. I need to have this right away. I need to have that right away. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just knowing every single card to play in that moment, right? Sure. Um, that is a, a small fear, but even then, if you're going to a tournament, you at least have more than a small grasp on what you're going to play. Sure. So, and I think we had a we had a, a large number of new players, uh, new to new to tournaments. Even, I think we had four people for whom it was their first tournament, and Eric, who doesn't usually play, so that's five. Uh, and they and they did all well. They all did, you know, they had good games. And, you know, we had a big discussion in one of the discords about how long do games need to go to count as a game? You know, games should finish. I think ideally, right, they should finish turn five. But the concern with new players is that they're going to be slow. There's going to be, uh, what is it called? Uh, decision paralysis. Yeah, and, and a learning curve. Absolutely. And... I think whatever situation you come up with, I, I think for this tournament, we said, I said that turn like games had to go to the end of turn four. Otherwise they didn't count. And I did not enforce that in any way, shape or form. And thank goodness. Right. Because, <laughs> um, well, but yeah. the point is, is that those rules, like those rules are there not for people who are learning and trying to keep pace and, and, you know, make and, and doing their best. It's for people who know better. Yeah, and and to scare them, right? 
must put the fear of Miles in a uh, button-up shirt into <laughs> the tournament players that that know. Um, but so that's that's actually a good thing to kind of like address uh, 3.0 with. Um, how do you guys feel about the length of your games now? Um, I know that uh, in the practice games, like practice games are always leisurely or when we're just sitting around having fun, having a game, they always go yep. longer. Like it's sure. inevitable. Um, but I was finding that the games were almost like schizophrenically um, paced, like either one game at the tournament was uh, I'm, I'm being overdramatic, but glacially paced for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas another one was over in seconds. And that wasn't because, well, part of it had to do with the, um, the knowledge that the, uh, the players had both myself and my opponent. But the, the other part was like, I feel like the game has gotten bloodier, like way bloodier in some respects. It's interesting. Um, I I agree with that, but I also don't understand why, because I feel like saves got better. Yeah. I feel like things seem tougher. The things that I want to survive seem tougher, and yet I feel like I'm killing more things. I felt the opposite um, in terms of it being bloodier. Yeah. I felt that yeah, things are not going off the board nearly as quickly. Hmm. I had um I had several times in the game where I expected something to die on, you know, turn two, and it didn't die until the end of turn three. Interesting. Hmm. Um that might just be the fact that I am playing a new army. Uh I used to play OBR and mm-hmm. now I'm playing Soul Blight, and so I don't quite have as good of an understanding of how quickly they can kill things. Sure. Um, but then like seeing the saves. Uh, seeing the ability to use finest hour, um, then changing mystic shield to add the plus one to save, mm-hmm. and then putting out a lot more models with two up, three up saves. Um, I felt it was going a lot slower uh, in terms of pulling things off the table. Uh, in terms of like the overall match time, I still don't have a good sense of that. Sure. Like my my instinct is by the end um, it'll be a little quicker, but we're still going to be uh, lucky to finish a game in two and a half hours. Yeah, I did the so I did. Um, we did a new thing, which was I saw that for GW had released this packet for 40k, where they had a breakdown of the time it should take for each turn and each sort of step of the game. And what I did, and that then so 30k is played in a three hour uh round, and we tend to play in the two and a half hours. So for the two and a half hour, I scaled it down, and then I went around and announced. Uh, at specific time intervals, like, okay, now you should be doing turn two. And it wasn't like, it was really a guidance because no no game is going to f- perfectly fit that timeline. But so people can be like, oh, we're ahead of schedule. That's great. Oh, we're slightly, we're slightly behind. Oh, we're way behind. We need to really think about how this is going to, how this is going to go. And it was more of a suggestion for people to have an idea of what the pacing was, was meant to be like. How did you guys feel about how that worked? I really appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, I did as well. Um, it's there are so many games, um, I guess in in my my history at tournaments where uh, the two of us are getting into it and like, you know, when you're in a game and it's so good that you've just lost all concept of time. 
Sure. Like, um, I've gotten into a bunch of those and suddenly we look around and we're like, Oh shit, we would actually like to eat lunch. Let's finish this. Yeah. And the game becomes the, the quick talk through as opposed to like, um, keeping insistent on mm-hmm. the frame, And also I think it helped with opponents, um, as well. Uh, like they're, it, that small fire that you were lighting under our asses each time that you walked by mm-hmm. um, and said it was, was very helpful because like, as we were, the, the decision paralysis is still there, especially mm-hmm. with, um, uh, for me with beasts, especially um, because there's so many choices that I have to make already on top of that. So one extra one means, okay, how many turns ahead am I going to have to prepare for this summon that I may or may not have with la 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 la. So do I want to keep this one character alive to support them yeah. down the road there, right? So like you having, having to uh, come around a reminder was actually amazing, um, nice. at least for me. I think- also, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice Thanks. to be able to know. It was just good. Well, I also thought it was really nice to have someone have had, had to like, you know, that someone had thought through how long turns actually take and had done some measurement, presumably. I don't know what you do, GW. But uh, that they'd done that sort of research. Because for me, I used to just announce, you know, one hour, you know, two hours remaining, one hour remaining, 30 minutes remaining. But there's really no sense of how long a turn takes. So, you know, those kind of time markers are almost are, are basically meaningless. Well, and especially with a new game right this Mm -hmm. is this is for all intents and purposes to me it feels like a completely new game um Mm -hmm. i don't don't think of it as a v it it feels like eighth edition 40k uh coming out of seventh okay for all intents and purposes to have somebody starting to set those limits um as i'm playing helps me define where i should be within a game in the first place right and so okay. if people were to go around and do that in general, like I'd love to actually be able to do that just in practice games. So like sure. I can start timing, timing games and not overplaying or underplaying to fit within a time frame. You know, I think mm-hmm. one of the going back to like, as I've been learning uh, 3.0 and the decision paralysis with especially uh, strategies in the middle of the game, mm-hmm. um, how much time am I actually wasting thinking about something instead of playing it out and, you know, like actually following my intuition on it. Sure. Um, uh, there's something, I think, uh, our friend, uh, Matt Beasley said that, uh, was had to do something with, you have to, at some level, just be okay with making poor decisions quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and when to when to to fuss over a decision and when to just be okay with the fact that it might not be the right decision, you're going to have to live with it. Yeah. Uh, and so having that time limit really really helps kind of define how many decisions should I be fitting in here that actually mm-hmm. are worth it, and the rest, what am I going to throw to the wind, cautiously. Yeah. Um, I for what it's worth, I thought the games that you expected to finish on time finished on time, and the games that I would have expected to not finish on time did not finish on time. Pretty much, Out of yeah. curiosity, um, how was everyone else on round three for time? Is I ended up doing a draw with my opponent mm-hmm. only because we were having a really good game and it wasn't clear he was going to win, so we just decided to make it a draw. But sure. did people finish earlier or did other people run to time? Uh, let's see. The top table with Jack finished pretty quickly. 
It was like and, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Mike went for a, uh, a uh, I don't know, trying to give him uh, a, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? A um, unorthodox play with uh against the lumineth and it didn't work out for him and then and then it was is over quickly as as yep as it as it should be uh but then um uh the two mats uh right matt k matt beasley uh they went to time you know they were they were fighting tooth and nail to the last minute yeah um mine and phillips game went all the way Two time. Well, no, we were over just a little bit right before time was called. I think you wrapped up just before time was called. Yeah, yeah. And that was the same with the two mats. Yeah, um, <laughs> that game. That's so hilarious. Tell um, us about, give us a quick breakdown. Just a little uh, well, high level story. So I want to. I want to get more into three point So mm-hmm. I'll. I'll bleed into like the. The frustrations and the awesomeness of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Philip was bringing the uh, shoot twice uh, Marathi list that has become like the new boogeyman apparently. And, um, you know, I just brought my lowly beast of chaos. Sure. Uh, Him and I had actually had a practice game on the Thursday before that. And uh, it was a full five turn game of, we don't know what's going to happen all the way up to turn five. Okay. Um, A lot of, it was pretty much down to on, on each of our games uh, it was just one or two like random models that had, you know, gotten punched to death and just like the last remainder had to like waddle off into the corner mm-hmm. to like hide and cry. Sure. And then Marathi and Kane, that would be all that was left on the board from his, from his games or from his side. And then me, I'd have like either a giant unit of gores or um, a couple of other random units that were still there. And, mm-hmm enough for summoning to kind of like take the game but it would come down to who is going to make that last roll um sure and in in each of these it it really came down to who's going to table and then take the objectives on the on the last turn and that will that will win the game okay um and on both of those the same exact thing happened we got down to, okay, if I take these two objectives, which I'm poised to do if I get the turn, that's it. There's no way you can come back from this, even if you table me, because mm-hmm. uh, you just won't have enough models to uh, grab objectives and go over. Um, and then on his side, he's got Marathi Kane. It's going to be able to teleport if he wins the roll-off and will kill everything because it's two models, they can be in two places, and obviously he's got one projecting an objective, and she's nigh impossible to kill half the right. time. So on each of these, uh, we're, we're at that situation where it's like, okay, we've whoever takes this, you got the game, yada, 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 let's roll off. He, he wins the roll off on both of them. So yeah. it was basically, it was basically you- like, Double. I remember you turning to me in the moment being like, it came down to a roll off, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know Philip loves it because he's like, yep, I'm going to win this roll off. It's always when he needs it. Um, <laughs> and just so damn smug about it. I love playing that guy. Well, that's, I think that is something that I've been liking about this new edition, just to sort of segue, mm-hmm. uh, is that I find the games tend to be, they're like, if it's a blowout, 
you know it immediately, but it's like you you knew that in the last edition. But a, yeah. a, a larger portion of the games are tight and therefore are interesting all the way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that was my experience pretty much. That's where I was saying like each the, – the timing of the games now feels almost schizophrenic yeah. uh, because it's either like – I just got hit with two maw crushers from Michael uh, as he's smiling and destroying my army. Yeah. And I've got nothing left to do. Or, oh my goodness, I just can't kill Marathi. And I'm somehow, like, one of the worst books, somehow dealing with what is, you know, the boogeyman. Sure. Which doesn't make sense whatsoever. Like, whenever when, when that army gets set up on the table, I expect to go, oh, good game, shake their hand and be like, cool. But the the way that the missions are designed now, um, you know, it offers a lot more opportunity to use an army's strengths against it. Like, Daughters of Cain, as much as, as scary as they are, they don't want to be in a protracted combat. They want oh, to get no. the job done, then it won't want to be gone. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't but like they it, have it to all. be they have to be in the center of the board to get the missions, pretty much. Not the mm-hmm. center, but closer than they used to be in. Um, their speed won't account for will really only account for first turns and then late game rush, right? Right. Outside of that, there's gonna be like moving scrums in the in the center of the field. And um and you can punish that. Uh, the the only problem that I have is um, it's not a problem. It's more just something to adapt to. Is uh, like I was saying about the Ma Crushers. There was almost no point where Marathi, even with all of my um, my my stripping of saves, adding rend, and yada yada that I can do with beasts, that she wasn't at a three plus save. And it was gotcha. just like wow. Um, it makes me that's that's the only thing that i i wonder how players who who are learning to adapt right now are going to find strategies for in each army mm-hmm. um because with monsters i guess you can stop them from doing one thing but uh there's there's multiple ways to stack saves on on gods now and uh one of the biggest takeaways that i got from that tournament is it's either a hero hammer or a monster hammer or a monster hero hammer or sure. god hammer. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, right, uh, those guys only count for five models on an objective and you still need squads of 10 running I can, around. I can already hear Brendan twirling his mustache as he's about to tell <laughs> you something very fun. Uh, what specifically was I going to tell him? I don't know. Oh, the vampire lord. <laughs> oh, the vampire lord. Um. What about him? Sorry, I feel like I missed a cue there or something. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you don't remember from our pre-podcast meeting? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to write that down. I went through I went through every um and we labeled them. We were supposed to um perfectly. Uh the uh so the, the vampire lord has a specific uh, I believe it's a command ability. No, no, no. Command trait. Oh, oh yeah, that thing. that makes yeah. him fucking broken (laughs) yeah the command trait makes him count as uh he counts as a number of models equal to his wounds characteristic okay Um, it's a it's a veercoast command trait from the soul blight book um and i it seems really good to me yeah 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 um especially considering you can get him down to a a two-up save if you mystic shield him 
which Viracos nice. are strong spellcasters, and you find a stour. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, burn a command point, and that's two plus save with minus two rend on him, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. he gets really good. Um, but yeah, I am concerned about the role that large heroes and monsters will have, like like he's going to. Mm-hmm. Because I do worry that if we have a game where a lot of armies have a giant model that you can't kill or right. it's extremely difficult to kill, that's just going to make unsatisfying games, even if you win them. Um, like, I think it was Goonhammer had an article. They said something about that where it was like right. uh, playing a war game where you can't kill the thing that you want to kill is very unsatisfying. Sure. Yeah. Although yeah. I, I think Ricky said it. This is not a war game. This is a board control game with board game trappings. True. Indeed. <laughs> but I totally agree with you, Brendan, that, uh, you know, it's it's fun to have someone like Archeon on the table because every once in a while you kill him. Yes. Um, yeah, and with everyone's saves getting better, it seems like it's going to be harder and harder to kill those things. Mm-hmm. And the response on the internet seems to be, just do mortal wounds. Right. But well, that's there, always been the answer. Yeah, that, like, yeah. There, there's been there's there's no change from 2.0 to 3.0 on just max your mortal wounds if you can. There's a reason Sentinels are the bane of everyone's life. <laughs> right. Yes, like still obnoxious. Yeah. So I I think that presents a major problem as well as a solution. Like I've got my Alarial conversion sitting on the table for like a year now mm-hmm. almost and. You know, after watching what Matt K did placing second in that tournament, like, yeah, hell I, yeah, I played I'll against him Alario. round two, and I'll, yeah, Alari was terrifying. I I love it. You know, I haven't heard that sentiment in like three years. <laughs> I must have. Yeah, I don't know. I played against I played against two different Sylvaneth players, and I she was good. She didn't seem terrifying, but maybe it's because I'm playing giants and like. Uh, a big thing, like a single big thing, is like, all right, fine, I can, I'll fight this. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of little things that make me really worried. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Which I think uh, Sons of B and that are going to be really good, at least for the next year. Yeah, I Seems don't that see. Way. I I see them like slowly making it through all of those tournaments, uh, from starting at the bottom, going all the way to the top. Because they seem like one of those armies that, like, you either you buy because you love the giants, or you mm-hmm. buy because it's easy, and then all of a sudden you realize, holy crap, this is actually a very, very competitive army wrapped up in a goofball premise of I right. like sandals made of you know kraken skin or something, right? And I so, think they lack reliability to be an A tier army most of the time. It's just with the buffs that they get from fighting in Gur. Uh, and yeah the battle plan rules for the season and battle tactics giving you extra uh, victory points if you do things with monsters sure they also give up a lot of victory points though right every time you kill them right they're giving up potentially five victory points over the course of the game uh every turn every battle round that you kill a monster you get a victory point yeah 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 but i think uh or go ahead no you got it brendan um yeah, I think there are three or four battle tactics where you get an extra point if you mm-hmm. do it with a monster. Yeah. So my impression, at least, is that at worst, as giants, you're probably going to break even on the command points that you give your opponent and you take. Right. Um, but it also <laughs> seems unlikely that like your opponent's going to kill one in round one, 
so it's really uh four potential points you're facing sure Sure. Yeah, although I, I have lost them, and I have lost—I mean, the little guys—I lost them in round one, for sure. But no, you're right, absolutely. Uh, it's much, much more unlikely. Yeah, I was gonna say um, with with my list, I have five monsters as well, and I it balanced out with the utility I was able to have from having the monsters on there to get the plus one. <sighs> monsters feel like monsters. Finally, I can definitely say that. Like. Yeah, they really nailed that part of their whatever their mission statement. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the their ability to kind of shut down units now, and the fact that they preemptively kind of recognized that and gave you a battalion for the ability to shut that down. Yeah, um, I think is a really nice point of play. Like, I mean, I always I always felt Gorgons were a shit ton of fun once they came down to 160 points and were actually costed correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, But now they're actually terrifying. And um, I think there's going to, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like there's going to be a huge learning curve for like all these things that were previously crappy monsters that now have like actually utility outside of, okay, maybe one turn they're going to kill a unit outright, but the rest of the time they're going to whiff. Right. Now because they they happen to have you know they got the the secret monster sauce, right? Like I I have to wonder and and Brendan you know you've you've changed armies but I have to wonder what is the Gothasar harvester like now? I don't think very good. No, fair enough, and I I don't think he was especially um, a combat uh, yeah, that, monster previously, but I that, that's the funny thing because I think monster buffs actually make the Gothasar harvester worse. Oh, yeah? In the sense that you always wanted to have the Gothazar Harvester along with a block of like 30 or 40 more tech. Mm-hmm. And you wanted your opponent to kill the more tech so he could bring them back. Right. But now uh, they're incentivized definitely to go after the Gothazar Harvester. I got gotcha. you. Even more so than they were before. Yeah. And well, even then, he was already a support piece. Uh, so I don't know if he's the exact like use case that I would be thinking of when I think but- of just like monsters in a sure in like in a vacuum but like now like monsters almost turned into many characters because they they're all support pieces essentially now that can do that have the potential in some cases to do a lot of damage Mm -hmm. and like that's a really cool change where it's not a character it's not going to be getting you extra points in certain scenarios or something although it will in gur um but who knows what that's going what is going to happen further on down the road sure but like they're now like something that you can support maybe a, a slightly weaker unit um like my my immediate thought would be if i'm doing living cities um and i'm weird and i want to put a tree lord in like because it's cheaper and i don't want to immediately throw a hero at a unit and lose them mm-hmm. to that unit after you know shooting having two units charge in one of those being a monster um it now has the ability to shut down a unit from um you know from buffing themselves or add the extra damage uh in right. a stomp no there's that there's push them uh, over they're amazing there's, support pieces now exactly there's there's news the new abilities allow you to have more explicit synergy 
between units that don't really have explicit synergy, right? Yeah. You used to be the only way you said you had a synergy before was you had to have some kind of keyword based aura or something like that. And it was very tight and very explicit about when you would be able to do these things. And now it's like, yeah, any monster can just kind of like be around a unit and, and be useful. Yeah. And I, I think that was one of the biggest uh, learning curves uh, I was finding real time was like, in, I used to just throw my Gorgons out and have them operate independently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're probably going to die from it, but they're cheap. So whatever, you know, they try and go in, they don't have anything else other than try and eat that thing. If you can't, then you're dead. Cool. Right. Now it's like, okay, well keep them with another unit so that you can try and dissuade somebody uh, by using a roar or a stomp or, mm -hmm. you know, any other thing, or even fighting a monster by getting plus one. Right. Um, they've now turned into something cohesive instead of these like independent, like meat missiles that you throw out onto the field. Right. Right. Um, which is awesome. It's really good change for the, uh, for the, uh, for the game in general. Yeah. And the, the hero ones, uh, also seem pretty good. I'm not as enthralled with them. I think they're fine. Right. The healing one is good. That's the one I probably use the most often in my experience so far. Commandability. The, the commandability. That one's good. Depending on whether you use a lot of them. I mean, I, I, you know, or how you're using them, I suppose, more than whether you'll use them. I, I think if you wanted to use all of your command abilities, you can. Well, so here's here's a question, Brendan. Mm -hmm. uh, since you sure. primarily... Sorry. Just yeah, cut, geez, cut me off there, Miles. I'm going to go get more water. No. <laughs> go get your water. <laughs> Heard enough from you. I would have talked with Brendan. Um, so here's a question. Um, and specifically coming from, like, we, we play a lot of games. And primarily with you and I, it's been... Um, obr and night haunt and now that obr is like the more and more like i've seen the less and less interesting they are um the the hero thing with night haunt sounds like a really really strong like change to the army because they're so hero focused on support and i know vampires are halfway there like depending on the build that you want to do I can't remember your list. Were you doing smaller uh, characters and were you finding those like working out or were they still just like one and done dead characters? Um, in in your regards games? to, uh, Oh, okay. The soul blight games at the tournament. Yeah. Um, they lived a lot longer. Um, the soul blight, especially benefit from gaining D three wounds back. If they've killed something in the combat phase. Oh Yeah. Um, because yeah, that combined with the hero healing, um, really made them, uh, function as if like, if you don't kill them in one round of combat, they're going to be full up again next turn. Uh, um, I think, if, yeah, figuring out the right heroes to use with that army is going to be a lot of the problem or a lot of the fun. But uh, problems are good fun, especially when building lists, I think, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the thing with, that I really like about Soul Blight and I think 3.0 in general is it encourages building lists that are different. Um, as much as I loved War Scroll Battalions, the one problem with them was if you had a good one, you had to build around it because you didn't want to take something suboptimal. But with the new core battalions and the way they're built, you can really just take any units that seem interesting to you. Right. No, no. If you wanted to have a good drop, well, you were forced into 
three units of Mortec or whatever the case may be, or two units of, uh, what are those corn guys with the, the hammers on chains? You know what I'm talking about? Wrathmongers. Uh, yeah, Wrathmongers. Right, you have to bring, like, if you want that, the the cool ability on the hero, you got to bring two units of these guys or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, and, you had to uh, fit in that pre-existing formula. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think um, Night Haunt heroes will also be interesting to see if they live more. Because the problem has always been that Lady O is a great character, but she only has seven wounds. Yeah. So if you can do that many mortals to her, she's pretty much out. Uh, if she had more staying power, I think Nighthawk would be a much more interesting faction, assuming they sort out the plus one to save issue they're currently suffering from. <coughs> do you think that affects them a lot more? I mean, essentially, it just brings them... It, it it allows them to give their uh, to use their command points on other things that they need, which admittedly they're a pretty command point heavy army, aren't they? So like teleporting, you're going to get more. Um, you're going to get, I believe it's you use CP for healing, right? I don't think so, and or I think Nighthawk also benefit from um, the Nighthawk heroes heal. I'm pretty sure if uh, someone fails a battle shock test around them an enemy unit fails a Battleshock test, that is. It virtually never came up in 2.0 opias. you never failed Battleshock units. Oh, yeah, uh, that's going to make it so much scarier. But, um, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a great Nighthawk player, so I can't say for sure. But I, I think the changes are interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually getting those, those on the table and trying them out myself and some of the other builds. Um, on that, though, what, mm -hmm. what do you guys... What are you guys looking at now as far as how you want to build stuff? Are you, I know we had um, Jack on here and he, he was working on a, a leadership debuff list uh, that he brought mm -hmm. um, in the last edition that admittedly now would be kind of scary with only one unit being able to do that. Yeah, um, no, I, I think it's, it, that, that strategy got more effective for him. Um, especially with OBR uh, being less powerful and therefore being less prevalent. Yeah. Um, and I wonder like what other, what other little quirks are going to show up in builds like um, with the changes, I know I'm going to be pulling out my Sylvaneth and actually trying to use them quite a bit more mm -hmm. um, just because of the army rules and then, uh, monsters, in addition, in addition to being monsters and heroes all at once, like tree lords for me, or not tree lords, but tree lord ancients and like Durthu and uh, all their larger characters have just become like. I don't think they're <laughs> they're accurately costed mm -hmm. still, but like they've they've become an entirely new thing as opposed to like reading the war scroll. Oh, um, absolutely. Going, well, oh, well, this is a lot of random damage. Right. Well, like Durthu, he's only really good at top wounds, right? Yeah, now you can hear him heal him every and you turn. Can just, or, yeah. and, or, or you can just force him to be at top wounds, right? With that command ability. He can yeah. be, oh, yeah. be yep. the best he can be every and, turn. And on top of that, <laughs> like the, uh, the, the ability to give him a ward now, like that negates a lot of the problems that Sylvaneth have, which is mm -hmm. no shrugs whatsoever. Sure. Um, there's one command ability that you can use to give somebody a shrug, and that's it. And I don't know if that actually survived the errata. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure it did. But, like, 
I feel like there's so many like odd little changes that um, are going to present themselves almost erratically mm -hmm. uh, in the coming months with tournaments um, where some of these armies are going to go from meh to insanity. And like, I'm actually really looking forward to like playing around with lists and figuring yeah. that part out. I've been trying to spend some time thinking about KO. I don't know that I'm going to play them uh, in tournaments uh, anytime soon for uh, just because they're, they're kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they um, are. But, but I mean, would, would like to get them on the table and try them out and see what the deal is. I think they have, it's interesting. So one of the things they lost was the triumphs used to be reroll to hit, reroll to save, reroll to wound, which were three awesome triumphs that you could use on any unit. And the new triumphs are plus one to wound, reroll charge, and auto pass morale. And the auto pass morale, I feel like, is super useful. That one's going to be great. Yeah. And the plus yeah. one to wound is good. And it with in a combination with the all out defense and all out attack, we have all of those abilities back, right? Like they're not the same, but okay, we're getting rid of rerolls. But now you can still buff, you know, hitting, wounding, and and saving. Yeah. Just like you used to. It does mean every boat needs to have a hero next to it or near it um because the boats can't command themselves oh they didn't change them to be elite units uh not that i saw but uh, maybe i missed it that was a little distinction that went way over my head um I'm gonna that look it up. i needed to go back and i need to go back and actually check because i was not giving my dragon ogres anything and i don't know if they're elite i would not expect them to be mm-hmm but that was that was another thing uh, that just completely escaped me. Um, yeah. Well, that's but that's actually been kind of a tricky thing with the giants is which is that the mini giants are not elite. Uh, so the only places you can spend command points are from the big guys, which is uh, just an sorry. So you, I, I can spend two command points per phase max in my list. And because they're giants and they, they're pretty spread out, they uh, they are actually pretty hard to use a command point on a smaller giant. I would imagine. Um, but then the question becomes, do they actually need it for the? No, probably. I mean, you know, uh, I've been getting <laughs> I've been getting by so far without it. But it yeah. is it was uh, like an interesting uh, it, it. There is a one sub faction that is the Stomper tribe which is the one with the, he's the chaos. Well, it's the war stomper. He's the one that can ally into chaos and it's his tribe. And they had a whole second set of uh, command abilities, which specifically target the little guys. And what's cool is that they are aura abilities. So it's like all mini gargants within eight, within 18 inches get to reroll ones, which is super cool. The problem being is that he can only now he can only give one per phase. Uh, so right, and he's specifically not allowed to use the regular command abilities. So it's actually kind of a uh I don't think it 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 comes out in his favor. So pretty big detriment for using maybe a once per game thing that you'd be needing. Yeah. Especially because his command abilities now only benefit 
the little guys never benefits himself. And the other Mega Gargant, because he's not a general, has the tighter 12-inch range. Mm. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, looking at the KO errata, we do not seem to have Elite on any of the boats. So that's I'm kind of interesting. Kind of glad about that, to be honest. Um, yeah. Even, the, like, you're already going to have a character in the boat for the most part, though, right? Generally speaking, yeah. So it, it makes the frigate a little bit harder, but what are you gonna do? Right? I don't know. The, shoot the, stuff off the table. <laughs> That's the frigate, what you're gonna do? Yeah. The um, the frigate can only hold ten, so you'd have to either put a squad of five in there, or not have a character. The unit inside can still use command points on themselves, but you couldn't, for say, like all-out defense on the boat. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it means that you're going to have more choices to make, which is all in the end, once everybody gets used to it, right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always more fun to have more choices to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, because to, to then it changes the complexity. Choices. Yeah. Meaningful. Yeah. Um, it, it changes the game to, and I think that's actually kind of one of the nice things about, the the changes to the way that those command abilities work mm -hmm. uh, because the the missions themselves um i know i've gone on diatribes about it um but they've they've kind of they've become more complex in the way that you score mm -hmm. but they've become less complex in the inherent randomness of them for a lot sure, of them they're, they're not as different as they once were yeah, I, so there are still a handful of very different missions in there that we, uh, I don't know, I haven't played all, even most of them. Oh, yeah, neither have I. Um, yeah, and I think battle tactics are going to change a lot of how we view missions because mm -hmm. they're no longer functioning solely uh, as the sole means to get VPs through controlling objectives. Now you have right. battle tactics as a part of it, which, like, at least for me, defined every turn for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. Um, yeah, like even when uh, I chose one that was something like kill a battle line unit, I made sure to allocate extra resources to kill the battle line unit, even though it was probably unnecessary. So I think that combined with the kind of simplified scoring on the battle plans is going to have uh, interesting combinations, especially since some of the battle plans, I think you get three VPs max per turn from the objectives. And right. other ones, you can get like up to four or five or something. So yeah. the importance of the battle tactics is also going to be adjusted uh, every round. And then some of them, you can go up to six if you've taken something with a monster or killed, or killed a monster. Mm -hmm. So like there's, there's so much variation there now in the way that you approach it. Um, I think... And, oh, I would say, and yet there's still knife to the heart. <laughs> well, now it's four objectives. Knife to right. four hearts. Uh, well, really, it's only three, right? Because at the moment where it becomes uh, mission critical, <laughs> True. you don't you get to pull it away. But there are no points. I'm assuming you use battle tactics or grand strategies uh, for determining a tiebreak or something like that. But there are no actual points, which is a kind of a fun one-off. I I, I, I so... was interested to see that they doubled down on that mission. Yeah, and we're going to see it next month at the GT in uh, Bremerton. Oh, really? final round, round mission 
Is yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, they love their <laughs> knife to the heart in the final round over Well, there. that's how you get out early, right? The, the, the... <laughs> is it the last mission? Yeah, is it the damn a, last yeah. mission? It's the last mission. Why? Why? Uh, that. I find it really funny. Why? <laughs> I don't... Ugh. At least it's four objectives. I'm fine with that. So... So... Ugh, for, That'll make a tense top table. Yeah, oh, it will. Sure. I, 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 um... Glad it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I'm, fi- I'm fine with playing middle of the herd on that one. Yeah. As long as I don't have to play against you again, Miles, I'll be happy. Yeah, right? I think that against, be good. Yeah, knife to the heart against SOB was awful. Oh, I bet. Uh, that was such a quick game. You're looking over and going, do that, do that, what? Um, that was a whole tournament of quick games, actually. I, um, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how that one will go as well. Um, that's, that's coming up in a month, right? No, a little bit less than a month. A little bit less yeah. than a month. Three weeks now, I think. Yep. Oh, practice games. So many practice games. So, oh, I, man. You have I, to I, let I, me know how they go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to well, be coming off of a, a vacation like right before the tournament. So I'm going to be coming in with like no practice. I'm going to try and get like one to two practice games the week I land. And then it's that Saturday. It's you'll have your giants. You'll have your giants. They'll at least great. got that. Yeah. So, you know, knife to the heart is a clear win for you unless you're I up mean, against another giant army, which, I mean, I would love to get more practice in giants on giants. That has been the, uh, not that I have been unanimously or not, you know, uh, ubiquitously victorious with the Giants by any stretch of the imagination. But the one mission where I have lost and lost super hard was Giants on Giants. I mean, I would hope that for for the most part, the books uh, that are created are designed to kill each other <laughs> fairly well, right? Um Unless what? I, I guess so. I mean, I, you you know what each other's stuff does. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, the sense of Biamat against each other is really interesting. Because of uh, what were you saying about they have no defense? Yeah. So the so there's four things a typical giant does. Uh, they they have impact hits. They uh, do the pile in and like insta kill a guy. They have a bunch of attacks with good rend. And then when they die, they fall over and do mortal wounds, right? Those are the four things that every giant does to some degree. And against another Sons of Behemoth, uh, you, uh, your impact hits are lessened, at least for the big guys. You, don't, you can't kill a guy by piling in. Your rend is so good that they don't have any saves, which means you never have any saves. And when you fall over, you don't do any damage. So it really just comes down to like your impact hits aren't doing what they ought to be. And you know, they're, they're giants. It's not like D three mortal wounds is going to break the bank on them. But then, uh, you know, a good round of combat is devastating because your opponent has no way to save of any kind. That's, that's such a great representation of it. Um, I love, uh, yeah. He who clubs first clubs last. Exactly. Right. Uh, and I had not thought through 
the repercussions of fighting a different giant and was like, all right, well, we'll, you know, we'll have to figure that. Well, I'm sure it'll be fine. How different could it be? Turns out it was actually a really different fight. Well, it's kind of hilarious because, like, lore-wise, it fits, right? So you've mm-hmm. got your giants walking around stepping on people. You you don't really care when you step on an ant, right? Like, right. that doesn't hurt you as a human being. But the moment you get in a fist fight, shit's going to get fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, that. That makes total sense. <laughs> oh joy! Got to bring I it back. I do need to uh, to run soon, guys. Cool. Um, do you want to do you want to give us a kind of kind of your thoughts on third in a nutshell, possibly? Yeah. You got time for that? Um. Yeah, I've got time for that. Uh. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting game. It has a lot of potential. Uh, the balancing issues are going to determine a lot of it because I do think there's the chance that um, some factions will uh, have way too much of an advantage, at least for the next year of matched play, mm-hmm. because there are some haves and have nots when it comes to monsters. Sure. Very much. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays. I just wish that OBR were in a place where you could actually do something with that. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I mean, I think we're going to have another FAQ. I don't expect a lot out of them uh, in terms of saving OBR specifically. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll probably just see a lot of Catacros and uh, Nagash lists uh, for the for the people who want to stick through it, which I guess more power to him as a Beastman player. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I've got a friend in Massachusetts who's uh, sticking with him. He's going to try the one of everything kind of list. Oh, the Highlander list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish them the best of luck. I yep. I really wish I could have any optimism about it, but they just seem left behind. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you see any um see anything that you're looking forward to as far as uh as far as playing, building lists, maybe new armies? I'm excited about all of it, to be honest. Soulblight is really exciting, and they're a very different army from what I've played. And learning them in the new edition is definitely going to um, shape that perspective in a way. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the preconceptions of second to shape it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to more tournaments and just playing against a bunch of different lists to see how it goes. Uh, we're in such an exciting place for the game right now. Yeah, it'll be good to kind of hit hit the ground running with as many tournaments as we can. I know we've got that GT coming up in uh, Bellingham, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it Bellingham? No, it's in Bremerton. Bremerton. That Ooh. other B place. The other B place. And then we've got another one all the way the hell out in Hawkwain. Oh, that sounds fun. Hawkwain? Yeah. Joaquin. Joaquin? <laughs> Joaquin. Okay. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully all goes well and we can get just like jam packed with tournaments. I feel like that's going to be the best way to learn second edition. Is, third edition. Sorry. Third edition. Uh, three long work day off the, off the seat of our pants. Right. No, for sure. And I, I'm excited because I was feeling, although there have been moments in this podcast that have proved me wrong, where in the last edition, you kind of had this sense of where every army was at, what were their things, what were their tricks. And now there's a majority of factions that I just don't know what's going on with them right now. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a lot of the ones that have problems will get up to a point where they can they can start competing, um, and then you know, obviously, the big scaries get toned down a little bit. We have to wait till what December for the next points changes. I think Seven? that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So that's going to be there'll be a whole. Out. There'll be a whole drama of are they legal for for uh, LVO? Are they not legal for LVO? It's always oh, a drama. joy. That will be a lot of joy. <clears throat> cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Brendan. Yeah, thanks um, for thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. I hope uh, hope that was all right. And uh, yeah, not leaving too abruptly. Oh, uh, no, good. we'll just edit that out. You will just magically disappear. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> And then just put the uh, the title card. Brendan died on the way <laughs> home from his planet or to right, his yeah, planet. He was never heard from <laughs> again. <laughs> Always strikes last is brought to you by Neutrophina Dark Radiant Sunscreen. It's that time of year for fun in the sun, and whether you're from Ogu or Hish, go hit the beach, splash in some waves, and soak in the Dark Prince's intoxifying glamour. Whether uh, while you're out basking, it's important to protect your pallid witch flesh from harmful burns and radiation. Introducing Dark Radiant Sunscreen from Neutrophina. We have specialized blend to give your skin a healthy warpstone glow. Dark Radiant Sunscreen melts into the skin and won't leave behind a greasy residue. Can be used alone or under war paint to leave your enemies so dazzled they won't pile in. Protect your skin with Dark Radiant Sunscreen from Neutrophina. Order from our website at Neutrophina.com and use code ASL2021 for 10% off at checkout. That's Neutrophina.com. Use code ASL2021. You know, we just came back from the beach, too, and I could have used some Neutrophina. Didn't realize we just got this sponsor. No, wow. I, I, it, it came uh, <laughs> just sort of horrifyingly too late. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was came all... back all sunburned, and it was on the on the doorstep. But we'll <laughs> have to review it next time. So that was, uh, that was a breakdown of uh, 3.0 from our stumbling narrative there uh yeah. we want to we want to thank poor brendan um you know for stopping by absolutely well he, he was still great. alive it was, yeah <laughs> we never heard from him again yes so um <laughs> you know if if you're out there floating in the depths of space because your ship has crashed wherever you are brendan we're we're thinking about you or i don't know think, something Get some Neutrophina. It yeah. will help you <laughs> with your skin. Surviving the vacuum of space. Yeah. But here there's a lot of radiation. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Yep. Thanks, thanks for, guys. Thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, and remember to always strike last. Is that our sign-off? Do, sign do we have a sign-off? I don't think so. No. No, we still haven't gotten a sign-off. Remember to always strike last. Always strike, always strike last. I don't know. What?